listening to the Doc Doc Goose podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Doc Doc Goose podcast. We are the podcast that is never politically correct and always HIPAA compliant. My name is Sean Palmer. I am one of your docs. This is Ben Imes. He is your other doc. Still a physician and still a doc. And our goose, Maddie Imes. Still not doc, but still introduced last. <laughs> Uh, it's because it goes doc, doc, goose, I think, is why you're introduced last. So it goes one doc, then another doc. I'm just <laughs> noting I'm introduced last. I'm, I'm just saying it could be goose, doc, doc, and then you would go first. <laughs> I, 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 I would propose doc, goose, doc. Uh, okay, I think. <laughs> hey, stay tuned for episode. I Sean's introduction point, but I mean, maybe we mix it up. Doc, goose, doc. <laughs> Uh, stay tuned for episode 19, where it's Doc Goose Doc. Exactly. Perfect. Okay. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, Just kidding, guys. Just kidding. I, I'm, I'm sensing some some bitterness, some uh, you know, some resentment <laughs> over there in the goose corner. Uh, we have a disclaimer here that we uh, need to uh, read out loud for everybody because we tried reading it quietly one month. And uh, we got sued. So <laughs> here we go. Uh, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of our employers or the other people that work with us and or our significant others. Um, or our children. Or our children. And uh, what else? The Any information on this uh, podcast is meant to be educational and for entertainment purposes only, it should not be um, misconstrued as a patient-physician relationship, architect-physician-patient relationship, PT-patient relationship, or any other relationship other than one of educator and student. Welcome to the School of Life. We are your hosts and teachers. We would like to tell you about one of our amazing sponsors. That is Groove Life. They make some amazing silicone wedding rings in every color and print and whatever imaginable. It's incredible. Ben's showing me his right now. That doesn't help the audience at all because they can't see anything, but it looks very nice. Just know that. Um, they also make watch bands for your uh smart watches we're talking apple watches we're talking garmin watches we're talking what else is there any android smart watch you got we're all apple people but um they have them for the other stuff you know what they also have now ben belts they just start making belts are you for real apparently it's like the best belt in the world i gotta look into this because i love different colored belts it's like one of my favorite things now. They they kick hmm. they kickstarted this thing and it got funded in like record timing. It's this belt with like a magnetic clip on it. It looks revolutionary. Wow. Yeah. Go check this thing out. It's incredible. So while they're researching that one, we've already lost Ben. I can see he's glazed over looking at belts on his screen now. He's probably Dude, already I'm 
He's probably so already heard about the three or four. <laughs> Damn. Um, Groove Life offers our listeners an incredible discount. If you use the code DDGPOD, of course, that's short for Doc Doc Goose Podcast. DDGPOD, they're giving you 20% off your entire order. Amazing. Not something you want to pass up. So head over to GrooveLife.com or you can go find their link uh, through our website at DDGPodcast.com. But if you want to go straight there right now, GrooveLife.com. Go check out their rings, their watch bands, their belts. It's amazing. But Ben, what what'd you what'd you find? Tell us about the belt you're looking at. The the belts aren't their belts aren't ready yet. I'm so excited. They're coming out, at least as of, at the time of this recording, they're not ready yet, but they look fantastic. But here, here's my one last resounding endorsement for these rings is uh, you want to have nightmares for the rest of your life. Go onto Google and type in ring r-i-n-g degloving injury uh, right this is uh this will haunt your nightmares uh, right this is what happens when you wear a metal ring and it gets forcibly ripped off your finger right right these things forcibly get ripped off your finger Nah, no big deal might 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 snap back a little bit and cause you like a little rubber bandit type injury but uh uh anywhere where you're um at risk of having one of these ripped off of your finger, a normal ring ripped off your finger, dude, Groove Life makes so much more sense. Here's what's even better. Not only will it not rip off your finger, but Groove Life will replace it for free if it ever does that. Your finger? They had your finger. No, your wow, finger is fine. Your finger is they have fine. Extra fingers they... lying around. <laughs> In this scenario, your finger is fine because you had a Groove Life ring on. So they have a no BS warranty. It's like 84, 94 year warranty where if it ever stretches, gets damaged, anything, if you don't want like it for any reason, send it back and they'll give you, give you a replacement for free. Wow. You can't beat that. That's amazing. But like, like Ben that said, is- there are times when you're in massive danger for, a, let's say a mechanic or whatever, that ring gets caught. Your finger goes bye-bye, not in a silicone ring, especially like these. So go check them out. If you love somebody, if you love your spouse and they work on engines or something like that, you want to go buy them this. If you love your spouse's ring finger, <laughs> you want to go. Maddie, don't give me that look. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> now, hey, the, the truth, the, the, the truth is that the opposite is also true. If you don't love your spouse's ring finger, don't go buy one of these. I think that's what that implies. Wrong. Go buy it for yourself instead. <laughs> But still buy it and use our code. (laughs) Yes. DDG pod, 20% off. Boom. Groove life. Episode 18. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Today we're talking about medical myths and old wives remedies and uh, looking at is there some scientific evidence behind them and do they actually work? Um, I think we're going to be surprised by some of these. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you're like, wow, my favorite home remedy was not mentioned today, uh, write us, let us know. And we will address it on on uh, on a, a future podcast where we, we revisit some of these. So uh, what we're going to do today is I'm going to read off the, the uh, medical myth or legend or old wife tale and uh, the, the other two... Uh, panelists here are going to decide whether or not they think it's 
real or not. And then we'll talk about some of the scientific evidence behind it. So fun. Ready? Without further ado. Ooh, and I think, I think what we should do is keep track of who's right the most. Just for this I, segment? Are we talking about life in general? What, what are we doing? <laughs> no, just for this segment, not for life in general. No. Oh, no. Okay, okay, okay. Can, okay. can we bet against ourselves? <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Okay. There, there's no reward or punishment. That's the good news. All right. So our first one today is warm milk for sleep. So the medical myth says drink a glass of warm milk right before bed and it will help you sleep. Is this for babies or for adults? This is for humans. <laughs> and what kind of milk are we talking about? Almond, oh. whole milk, no. goat okay. milk, <laughs> mother's <clarify>. milk. <laughs> so it works for my baby pretty well. He goes. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're talking about cow milk because uh, that's that's the most readily accessible one. Okay. Um, almond milk, coconut milk aren't actually milk. They're really more of a fruit juice. Wait, wait, wait. Say almond again. Almond. Okay. I couldn't tell the first time if you pronounced the L or not, if it's almond or almond. Eh, my end. Uh, I don't know. Milk. Almond milk. Almond milk. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, cow milk warmed up for sleep. Fact or fiction? Fact. Fiction. I did it just because you said fact. <laughs> well, you're, you're too late. I Here, got fact here's the deal. I, I, this one is probably mostly fact. Okay. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> Duck one, Dr. Zero. <laughs> Let's, you're actually a goose. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Animal <laughs> one, Dr. Zero. Okay. <laughs> so I actually posed this one to one of my, uh, to some of my medical students this week and to some of my residents. And one of them said that they thought that it was because this release the melatonin in milk and melatonin, as we know, is a sleep aid. Um, no, there's no, there's no melatonin in milk um, unless you buy from like a really shady place and they might also include some other things in their milk. Um, but uh, yeah, CBD milk. Uh, <laughs> this, this probably works because the warm milk high in fats um, and being nice and warm when it hits your stomach and uh, the digestive system it, it makes that stomach feel full. It kind of really stimulates that rest and digest system. And so it kind of shunts blood away from other places um, and helps you feel sleepy. Kind of like eating a big carbohydrate-laden meal. Uh, this is kind of that same principle. So it, it's not because it has melatonin in it. There may be a little bit of uh, um, uh, tryptophan in this which is a precursor to melatonin, but not enough to make you sleepy. So you'd have to drink a couple of gallons of milk for that to really be the effect. So it's mostly probably just that it stimulates that rest and digest system. Um, so you could, you could really eat anything that's nice and fatty right before, uh, right before bed. And it would have a similar effect. What happens if you're lactose intolerant and you drink <laughs> warm milk before bed? You go to sleep easily. 
Uh, but you wake up suddenly. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, knocks you out and wakes you up. <laughs> Pro- probably not the best idea. <laughs> Let's move on to number two. <laughs> Which... Uh, number two? Didn't mean to do it that way. Segue. Uh, how about let's let's do this one next ginger taking some (laughs) i'm not not letting you steal this from me (laughs) you can both agree yeah taking some spawns locked in he said (laughs) sorry taking taking ginger for nausea that's the next one (laughs) don't yell at me (laughs) taking ginger for nausea yeah Little little ginger root or ground up ginger or ginger powder for nausea. False. All right, we have some disagreement again. Uh, this one again seems to be true. Uh, we're not entirely sure why. There may be some thoughts that it interferes with serotonin receptors in the gut, but uh, we're we're not entirely sure. But it does seem to work, and there's some some small studies that seem to. Seem to agree with that one. All right. Number three. Wait, wait, wait. Can you go back? I wasn't paying attention. It does what in the gut? <laughs> Most likely. Again, we're not entirely sure. I was too busy Most- dancing celebrating for that. <laughs> Most likely it um, inter- uh, inhibits serotonin receptors in the gut. In the gut. In the gut. So something like a medication, which also is called Zofran or Ondansetron, oh. similar to how that one would work. Okay. So, all right. Number three. If you get stung by a jellyfish, get one of your friends to pee all over you. False. Not not, not all over you, but all over the sting. False. Work. <laughs> Goose says false. <laughs> Goose says false. True. All Sean's right. Wrong. I do know <laughs> this one. That Doctor Palmer is wrong again as what? well. This one, yeah. this one was made popular with uh, the Friend. TV show Friends. Yeah, back in the nineties. I've tried it. It doesn't work. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, actually, Matt, you did try this, didn't you? I did. It doesn't work. <laughs> That's how I know. Will you will you tell us that story real quick? Nope, nope. That's all you get. I've embarrassed myself enough. <laughs> Uh, hold on, just real quick. Were you the PE or the peer? I I'm not gonna even go that far. <laughs> All right. So wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. If I can voice disguise you, will you do it so no one knows who you are? Maybe. <laughs> Great. Uh, so fun. So uh, the I don't know where this one came from. Just what happened? I think was that. That somebody I tried it one time. Came from friends. <laughs> Sean, will you please turn off the boys' disguise? <laughs> <laughs> Testing. Okay. Yep, you're, oh, back. you're back. To I normal. think it's better. Thanks. Oh, good. Uh, so I think what happened was somebody peed on somebody once to help with this, and. They just perpetuated the myth to see if other people would actually do it. Uh, and then people keep doing it. And rather than be thought they're stupid for it, they just keep telling their friends that they should do it. Um, it doesn't work. It may, depending on how well hydrated you are, if you're very well hydrated, it may actually make it worse. 
uh, it can help release some of the um, the toxins in the little stingers, and that would make the pain worse. So um, please, please don't pee on jellyfish stings. <laughs> I thought you were gonna stop a jellyfish. <laughs> what <laughs> or just are jellyfish. you to do if you get stung by jellyfish? So that's a good question. Um, there's probably two two really good things to do. One is you can try washing in salt water. So you're usually near the ocean anyway. So just wash Done. with that salt water. Yeah. Uh, and then number two is uh, give it some time. Usually jellyfish stings are worse after about five minutes. And then over the next 24 hours, they get better. So in the medical world, we say take a tincture of time. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, Matt, do you still have je jellyfish? <laughs> no, they died. Oh, <laughs> what does it die you in your house? Pee on them. <laughs> they died. Everything dies here. Oh. How about happy? Happy, happy died. Wait, <laughs> what's happy? A fish? <laughs> Happy's dead. Oh. <laughs> we we now have Lawrence Fishburn. Oh, Lawrence. Oh, Fishburn. Larry. Huh. I was really um, hoping that we would still have a jellyfish alive so that Matt could go get stung and then tell us what helped. <laughs> Perfect. Good idea. Coming on our next episode, Mythbusters. <laughs> uh, okay. Number four, uh, swallowing your chewing gum. It will not be digested for seven years. False. Boom. False. Wow. Well done, you guys. Uh, that is exactly false. Um, I don't know who came up with this one again. Chewing gum, you swallow it, it will pass out of your system within about a week. Um, now, I think it's, it's. let's say you just left it for some reason just sitting in your, in your stomach. Uh, it may take seven years to digest, but it's not going to be around for seven years. So... Um, Go ahead and swallow your gum all you want. It does will it? Pass. You said about a week, and uh -huh. does does it take longer to pass through your system than other things? So we know that uh, uh, Lego uh, <laughs> uh, Lego head from a past episode takes about two and a half days to pass. Um, I don't know. I just saying a week is a long enough time for me to cover all my bases. A couple of days is very reasonable. I don't about, know that it's going to take longer. How about beans, like refried beans? Those take like an hour to pass on. <laughs> uh, yes. And if you're lactose intolerant and drink some milk, we'll just keep bringing that around. You can flush your system out real fast. All right. Uh, next myth. I think some of you may have seen this one already uh, and have tried this, but taking those little individual tea bags, you get them wet, you put them in the, the refrigerator, and then you take them out and put them on your eyes, and they kind of help for swollen eyes. Have you seen that before? No? Nope. No. Okay. Fact or fiction? Fact or fiction, teabag on the eyes. <laughs> yes, helps with swollen eyes. So, <laughs> so teabagging eyes helps. Uh, helps with swollen eyes. Yes. I'm, going, I'm going for true. Let's go fact. I've, I've never wait, 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 experienced wait, wait, hold on, hold on. this. What type of tea? 
What type of bag? <laughs> green green tea. Let's go with green tea. Well, it's got to be false because there's different types of tea and you're saying it doesn't matter, so it's false. But yeah, false. This sounds too strange. All right. Uh, unfortunately, this one is probably true. Prove what? It. Prove, Prove it. it. What? So there's there's two ways. So one of them is if you're because you're using cool tea bags, and so it's just like putting ice on your eyes, like that's gonna help with any inflammation and reduce oh, swelling. Boo. But the other thing is there's caffeine in it, and that can also lead to some vasoconstriction and also decrease swelling. Uh, there's a lot of anti-aging like serum that you put under your eyes that is has its active ingredient as caffeine. So here I have a problem with the the question. You, you did not specify caffeinated teas. I, I asked you what type, and you said it doesn't matter. No, no. I said green tea, which is a caffeinated uh, tea. All right. I, I'm under protest, not... but whatever. <laughs> I think the score right now is five to four or four to three. I think it's of three to who cares. Wrong? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I'm ahead. <laughs> That's probably true. Um uh, we're going to move on to oatmeal baths for skin conditions. Particularly, let's let's go with eczema. Oatmeal baths for eczema. What's eczema? Eczema, it's like a dry skin that's usually because of autoimmune, allergic reaction. Um, what kind of oatmeal? Cinnamon raisin? Cranberry? <laughs> this, this plain rolled oats. Not of the instant variety. And cream. Non-caffeinated or caffeinated? <laughs> <laughs> Not non-caffeinated <laughs> oats. That's an idea. Caffeinated oats. Usually you just put those right on your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going for, for fact. Why not? Mm, false. Uh, again, hey, this is another one that's probably fact. No! I'm sorry. So uh, the uh, the oats have like a in water they release kind of like a slimy substance, a thin film, and that can cover the skin and kind of help hold moisture in and fo force moisture uh, belong uh, through the skin itself, and also help protect you. Um, and so this one actually is a uh, pretty pretty true here. And also you'll see that this is found in a lot of eczema creams. So it'll say like you know, a uh, steroid with oatmeal in it. And uh, it's because these guys have found and, and women have found that putting in some oatmeal makes things better. So, wow. all right, next one, drink cranberry juice every day to prevent UTIs. I'm going to say fact with an asterisk. Ooh, not fair. Um, <laughs> the asterisk or the fact? Which one's not fair? Uh, the asterisk. Uh, I'll say false because without an asterisk. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dr. Palmer, what's your uh, asterisk there? It depends on the type of cranberry juice. It has Ooh. to be 100%. And now you're going to educate us on why that is. 100%, Dr. Palmer. I love that. Uh, that cranberry juice, you really need it to be 100% cranberry juice and not 10% cranberry juice with mostly... Actually, a lot of times they'll cover this, uh, um, cover up the difference with like an apple juice or a pear juice um, and uh, or just extra sugar. So it's really trying to get that 100% cranberry juice in there 
and um, it changes the pH a little bit, helps prevent UTIs. Uh, now, so this one is true. The Whoa. other thing with this one is that cranberry juice does not treat UTIs. So some people will they get a UTI, they'll start just drinking cranberry juice and think, oh, I'm treating it. No, 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 that's not going to work. But it may help prevent. So um, good, good. All right. Next I'm one. catching up. <laughs> I think you're tied for ahead. Oh, uh, hey, this is this is one of my this is one of my favorite ones because uh, I was told this one as a kid. Uh, don't cross your eyes too much, or they're going to get stuck that way. <laughs> right? N none of this eye crossing thing. If you keep your eyes crossed that way too long, they're going to get stuck. True. <sighs> False. This one is actually. There's no evidence that actually using your muscles will cause your muscles to be paralyzed in that state. Um, that's just not a thing. <laughs> uh, uh, the, there is the off chance, right? That you use your muscles and then something weird happens. Like you get hit with a rusty nail and get some tetany. Um, <laughs> but as a general rule of thumb, without any, external influence crossing your eyes and leaving them like that uh it's just using your muscles it's you're gonna get some double vision because you do that but when you uncross them the double vision should go away all right so cross your eyes all you want kids especially if you're listening to this in the car cross your eyes and stick out your tongue it's a really funny face can you imagine if you got a muscle spasm doing that though how bad that would hurt <laughs> that would be miserable um Oh, this is this is one of my pet peeves. Humans only use 10% of their brain. False. False. False, false, false. Uh, this was... I don't know when this was first postulated. It's at least 11%. It's at least 11%. Yeah. It varies. Some people, it's nine. Um, <laughs> uh, we've actually found... You know, and this is like the basis for a lot of these uh, movies. Like, uh, what was that one where they, they took the pill and it like Limitless. unlocked their potential... Limitless. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, if only you could use a hundred percent of your brain, you would know everything. Um, uh, we now know that pretty much most humans, unless there's some sort of trauma or something, use a hundred percent of their brain, uh, just at different times. Sometimes it's all kind of firing, but really you're not just only using 10% of the brain and waiting to tap into the other 90%. So, um, good, good. I'm glad we got false on that one. Uh, how about this one? Don't swim after eating or wait an hour after eating before swimming. Otherwise you will die. False. Well, I mean, <laughs> you will die. That's a little bit over the edge, but, uh, you'll true. <laughs> <laughs> you probably should asterisk that one. <laughs> We're going to do that one on Mythbusters next week also. <laughs> You only get that, one we're gonna use for recording. This one's false. The worst that'll probably happen is you might get a little bit of a stomach cramp. But uh, dying when swimming after eating is just not true. There's, well, there's no science to back that. But what about cramping after uh, after eating? Not just stomach, but but like peripheral muscles because the blood's going to your stomach to digest the food. Right. So you might get a little bit of cramping. So potentially, okay, 
potentially you're in the Atlantic Ocean, nothing around you, and you jump in <laughs> off your boat, and your boat speeds off, and you're like, oh, I just had like a four-course dinner. Uh, yes, you're probably going to get some cramping. You may die. I think you die no matter what. <laughs> if you eaten or not eaten, and you get left in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> I, I don't discount that point. <laughs> I think your chances are slim. I I, I agree. I don't so, think it's gonna matter if you had a steak before or anything else. I, I'm with you. I think it's probably more of a correlation versus a causation at that point. So, um, okay. I mean, like I said, I think it's a bit drastic to say you're gonna die, but you could get a cramp and have a little trouble swimming. Too bad you already used your one asterisk. <laughs> Otherwise, that would have been a good one. <laughs> All right. Let's let's see this one. I like this one because this one I feel like was weird, but I saw it up uh, come up a number of times when I was searching for things. But uh, using a hard-boiled egg. Oh, this says to heal black eggs. But to heal a black eye. So the tradition says that you should... Um, do a freshly peeled, warm, hard-boiled egg, wrap it in a little bit of a cloth, rub it onto the bruise, and also put a little coin inside the hard-boiled egg. It has to be silver coin, maybe. False. And then <laughs> and then the hard-boiled egg will, will absorb the purple hue. False? True? Fact no. or fiction? It, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, disagree with me. I, 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 I just gotta true, wonder about this one. If this is true, the medical field knows nothing. This is true. <laughs> no, this what? is not true. <laughs> this is not true. <laughs> uh, there may be a little bit of truth to this one, and that you know, you put some warmth there. It may vasodilate the area and kind of wash out some of the uh, the bruise. But realistically. It won't change the color. It's not going to absorb the purple. The purple of a bruise is the old red blood cells underneath the skin. That's what you're seeing. Uh, eventually, those are going to break down. You're going to get some yellowing. Um, but uh, you're not going to absorb any purple out through the egg. So this one, unfortunately, is false. All right. Oh, I like this one. I like this one. Uh, if you have the hiccups, take a spoonful of sugar and just swallow it. False. True. Dr. Palmer, put another one in the win column. No. This one, I don't need my this asterisk. One <laughs> <laughs> this one has some basis in reality, right? Potentially, the if, especially if you're using like large uh, granuled sugar to swallow that, uh, it takes a little bit more uh, effort and that can potentially reset the diaphragm. Um, same thing with like swallowing peanut butter. Uh, something else that's just going to require a little more effort to swallow. So, what what uh, other things do? Because because hiccups is one of those things that there is like a hundred things that, that can solve hiccups. What are the things that are um, proven to work? Like um, does scaring someone, yeah, or scaring someone, water yeah, upside yeah. down, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what so, are some I, of the other ones? you know, one of the ones uh, my wife <clears throat> swears by is to you stand on your tiptoes. And then have somebody else pour uh, pour a glass of water into your mouth. So you drink from a glass of water while you stand on your tiptoes. So somebody else is like pouring in while you're drinking. And like, I, I don't know. I'll tell you, that one probably works 95% of the time. It's weird. I don't know why that one works. How, where does she get that? I, I don't know. She's 
she's a she's a young wife, so I don't know how she knows that about that one. <laughs> we are not condoning that one. There is no medical <laughs> proof of that. There's no medical evidence behind that one, except but it uh, might work or not. Ninety five percent of the time, for my self it works if it works we stand behind the statement if it does not work <laughs> we do not stand behind any such statement indeed uh what else Ooh, i i like this one dr palmer brought this one up uh so it's gonna be a little bit of cheating for him but uh the the statement goes if you get a concussion don't let that person fall asleep uh and if they do you got to wake them up every hour um, to to help them in their healing process. Otherwise, they're going to die. Otherwise, they're going to die. False. True or false? True. <laughs> so strong this one, work, I Maddie. see this. Strong work. Strong work. This one is 100% false. Uh, uh -oh. This, this, this one has been... Person. Yeah, this one has been perpetuated a lot. You see it in books and movies and TV shows. It's everywhere. It's like, oh, you got hit in the head. We got to wake him up all the time and make sure that he doesn't fall asleep. Um, uh, really the best thing for somebody who's gotten a concussion is let them sleep, <laughs> let them get some rest. That brain has just been injured. Uh, let them rest, let them rest, let them rest. So, um, please, please stop waking up your concussed friends. Let them rest. Now, now Maddie, you're going to hate this, but we're going to put an asterisk on this as well. Let them sleep after it has been assessed that they don't actually have a brain bleed or something else. Like they're not passing mm -hmm. out afterwards, um, you know, or any other sign and symptom, which you can go into outside of this podcast. We're not going to give you a rundown of it right now. Cause God knows the legal issues that are going to come from that one. Um, <laughs> but once it's been assessed, they have a concussion. It's not life threatening, whatever. Then you can let them sleep and sleep all they want. I'm glad you clarified. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, that's a very good point. We want to make sure that the, it's actually just a concussion and not something else before you wake. Don't wake them up and let them sleep. Um, good, good, good. All right. Colloidal silver. I see that one on here. Uh, so this, this one is that uh, adding colloidal silver into your diet helps with your immune system. True or false? Okay, go. Let's do that one. I'll tell you how I heard about this today. Uh, okay. Okay. False. False. Uh, no, true. Sure. Uh, so this one is is false in the way that I said it. A little bit, a little bit of a stingy answer there. So colloidal silver does have antibacterial properties uh, outside of a human. So if you take a plate, a petri dish of bacteria and you put some colloidal silver in there, it will kill the bacteria around the colloidal silver. However, the same isn't really true when you introduce it into the human body. So it, if you swallow some colloidal silver, it goes into the gut, it can kill some of the bacteria around it, but it's not gonna help boost your immune system other than it's killing bacteria in the gut, which your gut has good bacteria and bad bacteria, um, and those are hopefully um, in a good balance. Um, so colloidal silver, as far as taking it in, using it for, uh, antibacterial or antiviral or immuno properties, immuno boosting properties inside your body, bad idea. Now we do use colloidal silver for like wound care. So in people who have wounds and for, 
Uh, sometimes for burns, we'll put colloidal silver products on them, um, and that can be antibacterial. But uh, but ingesting it, not a good idea, or at least not an idea backed by science. So, Dr. Palmer, you said you've got some some history with licking silver pennies or something. <laughs> no, silver pennies. <laughs> it used to be a thing, right? Nickels. Silver nickels? Pennies. Silver pennies dollars. Are they, are, they are now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have heard uh, today of a chiropractor getting people to treating them with colloidal silver to uh, ward off dementia. I uh, wish I was making that one up. I That hurts my head so much. Please well, don't buy into that. <clears throat> can we okay. go back? Get, can we go back up to two higher up on the list? Uh, honey for cost and aloe vera. Oh, we missed those. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Honey for cough. So this one says a uh, spoonful of honey um, used as a antitussive, which just means cough stopper. Okay. Spoonful of honey for stopping cough. True or false? True. Just, just for cough or sore throat? Uh, this one's just for cough. False. Dr. Palmer, another one in the wind column. Man, so honey for coughs uh, is has been shown by research to actually be better than a lot of over-the-counter cough syrups, more effective, and probably less expensive. So uh, the only and caveat the on that one is you don't want to give this to children under age one. Um, because uh, they haven't fully developed their immune system and uh, that honey can potentially kill them. So uh, one of the things we frown upon on the Dr. Goose show is intentionally harming children. So uh, do not give honey to children under the age of one. But if you're older than one, drink, drink. Do you eat honey? Drink honey. Ingest the honey for cough and uh, save yourself some money. We're good. Okay. Uh, aloe vera for burns is our is another one. Um, this one's used so much. I just want to say false just because I feel like it's one of those things that people like sold the heck out of when there's nothing behind it and no one fact checked it. Yeah. Goose, what do you think? True. <laughs> so uh, this one is true with an asterisk. Um, the, so hey, Matt, you first only get one asterisk too, or is that just me? <laughs> I I haven't said I used my asterisk. <laughs> no, that no, no. Was... Does Ben only get one? He's the moderator. Of this. Oh, does he only get ben, one? He's, he's using he's one. He's used like five already. So. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> so aloe vera for burns. Aloe vera, fantastic. It's a plant. Um, a lot of people have it growing in their yards. If you break it open, it's got like this gel-like stuff. It can be very soothing to minor wounds and irritations on the skin. Um so for this first degree burns, which a lot of your sunburns are, um, uh, where it hasn't broken through the skin, it's a it's a good it's a good option. It's soothing, it's cooling. It's not going to necessarily make it get better any faster, but it can help soothe the pain. Anything beyond that, so if you've got a third degree burn, anything that's kind of down into the muscle or really beyond that skin, um, that's time to go see a doctor. And by doctor, I don't mean like your friend with a PhD in, in education. Or your um, chiropractor. 
or your chiropractor. Um, although some colloidal silver may be helpful, you really want to have that more evaluated. Um, uh, go, go see a physician about your third degree burns um, uh, before throwing some aloe vera on that. So that's the asterisk. First degree burns, your, your general sunburn, ow, it hurts. Um, throw, some, throw some aloe vera on that. That's fine. All right. Um, ooh, here's, here's some pregnancy ones. I like these. I like these because um, uh, they're pretty fantastic. So the first one, the a full moon will put you in labor. I don't know what um, evidence there is behind this, but I'm going to say true. False. I'm going to say true asterisk. It can. <laughs> Sure, just like you can get labor during a partial moon, a waxing moon, a waning moon, any moons, <laughs> you can go into labor. The moon itself, as far as we know, has no no direct uh, effects on inducing of labor. But does the man on the moon? <laughs> what we're going to talk about that next. <laughs> If you're on the moon with that man <laughs> uh, and you want to induce labor, um, for you parents out there who might be listening with your children in the car, now might be a good time to pause and let them get out of the car. First, first, <laughs> stop the first, car. Stop first. the car. <laughs> let them get out like at a park or somewhere safe, like not on the freeway, right? Uh, or just kind of pause and uh, come back to this part. Or later. you say, hey, so, kids, earmuff it. Ear muffet. Um, Ear muffet. <laughs> uh, intercourse is a fantastic way to induce labor. Oh, that was supposed to be a myth or. Oh, hold on. Oh, I want to go back to the full moon here, real quick. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I wasn't done with this. <clears throat> oh. Okay. So my wife is a labor and delivery nurse. Okay. Before right. she worked in labor and delivery, she would have said 100% false. That's the dumbest thing she ever heard. But for sure, full moons, every labor and delivery nurse knows, every ER nurse also knows when a full moon's coming because you're going to get crazies. Stuff going to fall apart. All right. I, I, there isn't medical basis behind this. This is why I put the asterisk next to this. Okay. I know that the moon cycle does not put people in labor. However, I am a full believer based on things that I've seen, stories I've heard from ER and from my wife in labor and delivery, that there are certain people that are more influenced by something with the moon cycles and craziness happens sometimes when there is a full moon out. All right. So I'm not saying it puts you in labor, but things happen. Asterisk <laughs> over. Asterisk over. Uh, and I'll tell you, everybody who works in service industry works at, yeah, like an ER labor and delivery, you know that when it's a full moon because things just get wonky. And again, I agree. I don't know if there's any scientific evidence behind that, but it's it's a long held tradition that that happens. And uh, I think it's a it's a tradition that holds holds some truth. So, all right, back to intercourse. Um, <laughs> so this this be a song. <laughs> this rumor says that uh, like Marvin Gaye should have uh, done that one. <laughs> Let's get it on and get it out. <laughs> uh, 
So this this rumor says that uh, that intercourse can help induce labor. True. True. Also true. Well done, both of you. So, yep. Uh, there's some prostaglandins in semen, and that can help soften up the cervix, making it a more ideal um, situation for the baby to kind of push out. Also, some oxytocin release uh, due to the uh, um, uh, act of intercourse <laughs> uh, can cause can uh, help cause contractions. And between those two of them, uh, you're in a perfect, perfect place for uh, inducing labor. Now, you do want to be cautious. There are some uh, women who definitely don't want to uh, have intercourse for this uh, reason, um, especially if you have something called an incompetent cervix. You, for whatever reason, have a, a cervical or an incompetent uh, husband, either one, <laughs> or right, cervical cerclage, or uh, if you've had a threatened abortion um, earlier in the pregnancy, or otherwise on bed rest. Um, so certainly talk to your OB physician prior to engaging in frequent intercourse to get any babies out. All right, uh, spicy foods induce labor. Fact or fiction? False. It's just going to give you heartburn while you push, and that no one wants that. <laughs> okay. I'll buy that. False. Uh, I, 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 yeah, best I can tell, this one's also false. Um, you know, there's lots of different ways that people have tried to induce labor over the years through spicy foods, through uh, castor oil, which, interestingly enough, uh, active ingredient and in that may potentially be ricin, the poison, the nerve gas, and so it's it's what it does is it causes There's you to be out. so irritated. Yeah, it's so so irritated it causes diarrhea, and because you're pushing so hard with the diarrhea, it causes it can induce labor. Um, <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> That sounds awful. Um, so th there's lots of different ways to get the baby out. Uh, usually, let your body to decide that or just have frequent intercourse. Um, all right. I think, oh, I, those are the ones I have. Uh, Dr. Palmer, I think you've got a couple here with uh, physical therapy. You know, I just had a couple of quick ones that come to mind uh, when it comes to physical therapy. Uh, things that I often hear, and it's sad that it's very, very often that I hear this first one. Um, I wish these people were joking when they said this, but they weren't. Is using a product like Icy Hot or Ben Gay the same as taking ice and putting it on an injury? True. <laughs> uh, sure. True. Maddie, are you even paying attention? What are you doing over there? <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm just, I'm trying to comprehend what you're saying. So. I don't I don't know what Ben Gay is. I mean, I've called Ben that all his childhood. <laughs> but that's about all I know what Ben Gay is. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I apologize for anyone who might have been offended about that. <laughs> um yeah, the, probably will need to that. <laughs> uh the answer is false 110 percent false um we've talked about this actually in a, in a past podcast and we had uh, rock tape on 
as we talked about their products, that active ingredients in these uh, in these rubs, they're it's either menthol or like capsaicin. Menthol produces a cooling sensation on the skin and capsaicin produces a hot sensation on the skin. These are only sensations that are being decoded by your nervous system as either hot or cold. They do not change tissue temperature whatsoever. No. False. That makes me so sad. This next one, this is this is a hotly contested subject, and you will hear actually very smart people uh, uh, argue this one out. Ice for 72 hours after an injury, and then heat after. So let's say you sprain your ankle. For the first three days, ice that thing. Afterwards, don't use ice. Start using heat. Oh. True. I'll say true. I mean, I can see where they're coming from, but I have to go false on that one. Ben's correct. Ah! <laughs> now, there is an asterisk on that one, okay? Let's talk this through. That's partly correct. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so for the first 72 hours, absolutely use ice. Don't even think about using heat. You already have a bunch of broken blood vessels and inflammation that that heat is not going to help whatsoever. It's only going to hurt, make the situation worse. However, once you hit the three-day mark, your body kicks into trying to actively rebuild tissue and break down the the, the bad uh, the, the uh, break down the damaged tissue and rebuild new ones. So that's where they're getting at. Don't ice because the, the the idea is that you can slow those things down. I don't necessarily think you're going to slow down those uh, those cellular components that are trying to rebuild tissue and get the uh, get the swelling out. Yes. The, this whole show confuses me, so just keep <laughs> going. I don't think there's anyone in the audience that isn't aware of that one, Matt. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> um, ice does not slow down the processes that your body is trying to do to rebuild tissue and get rid of the swelling. Now, there are instances that I can tell you where the body doesn't completely finish its job. Um, or maybe could use a little bit of help uh, speeding up that inflammatory process. Because what's what's wrong, and, and uh, Sanjeev in our CBD episode talked about this, um, inflammation is not bad for you. Excess inflammation or unchecked inflammation is bad for you. So the body knows what it's doing to repair an injury. That's the inflammatory cascade that your body goes through. That's a good thing. Now, you want to make sure it doesn't go on in perpetuity. You want to make sure it goes on for only certain amounts of time and that it does its job in those amounts of time that it does it. So, so kind of to sum that one up, ice for the first 72 hours, still ice after that 72 hours, but maybe even do like a contrast, heat, ice, something like that afterwards. It's not a horrible idea. I can see where they're going with that, but it's not a flip the switch to heat because people right. see me months later and say, I've been heating this thing and it didn't help. I know. I know. Yeah, you're right. And so, and I, here's what I tell my patients and I don't, I don't know, Dr. Palmer, to give, let's hear your feedback on this one. I usually tell my patients, you know, uh, if you're going to me. do heat and ice, yes, I say, just go see a physical, <laughs> physical therapist because they know so much more than I do. Um, I say, if you're going to do heat and ice, I like to have heat 
first, followed by ice. So correct. Uh, the heat allows for increased blood flow, allows for some of that uh, increased um, healing to happen, but then the ice afterwards so that we don't keep that increased blood flow for too long and we get increased swelling as well. Right. Yeah. For chronic yeah. injuries, if I tell someone to do like a contrast, um, which is, is heat and then ice and, and continue that throughout the day, I'm always telling them that your last thing should be ice though. You know, yeah. if you're doing okay. three rounds of that in a day, you're not doing ice, heat, ice, heat, ice, heat, and go to bed. It's heat, ice, heat, height, ice, heat, ice, and then go to bed. Make sure you're controlling mm -hmm. that inflammatory response is the last thing it, it gets that day. Absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, well, I think those are the medical myths and old wives tales we have for today. Bonus round. What? Do you have one for us? Surprise, surprise. I've got a surprise. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Okay. Last time this happened, the FDA shut us down for two months. So, <laughs> all right. Facebook has shut us down twice. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing what I can to get off the show. It's not working. Okay. So, my medical myth is, say you're out for a night of drinking and you get a little too drunk and you want to not have a hangover in the morning, you go drink coconut juice or coconut water, coconut water, let's say. Will that kill you? <laughs> that Will that kill you? Yes. Will drinking coconut water after a night of drinking kill you? Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to go with false asterisk. <laughs> Sean. Uh, true. I don't know. No, false. <laughs> so honestly, I don't know the answer, <laughs> but, but my wife swears that drinking coconut water after a night of drinking could kill you. So here's my asterisk to that. Anything can kill you. <laughs> right? If if you go drink 10 gallons of water all at once after a night of drinking, that could kill you. Because typically we'll call that drowning. Um, so the same kind of principle will, will hit um, with coconut water if you drink too much of it. I don't. I don't think there's anything in coconut water itself that it will. Food make for thought. Uh, okay. Food for thought. Okay. Hold on. I just did a. Okay. I just did a really quick Google search on this one. Oh, great googly moogly! Are we turning into Doctor Oz here? Google's probably fifty times more accurate than in anything I would say. So. <laughs> <laughs> It, my first thought to this when you we brought up coconut water is is that it does have great hydrating properties right that's that's one big reason people drink coconut water is is it hydrates you better has it has more nutrients in it um so i would only say that it's got to help and not hurt you now i may i may see an area where there might be some confusion on alcohol and coconut now there is apparently an alcohol called Lambanog. 
which is a type of alcohol made from coconut sap, which has been linked to, quote, mass hospitalizations and deaths after the drink reportedly gave people methanol poisoning, which can cause blindness, permanent brain damage, and death, according to the FDA. So does your wife has have some experience drinking Lambanog? Well, she's still alive, so <laughs> no. <laughs> nothing no. yet. Okay. Nothing yet. That's the best I got. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Better yeah. than I had. I, I think overall coconut water is probably a net positive after after night yeah. of drinking. Net net positive, uh, I would agree. Um Yeah. Any, anything right. else, Matt? Well, any other surprises? Nope. That's it. I think next time we should just have you come up with a full list because I'm just curious to see what you come up with. (laughs) I was was impressed by that one. (laughs) Well. Well, we hope you learned something today. Like Ben said at the beginning, if you have any more that you would like us to talk about, you can head over to our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, here at the DDG Podcast. Or you can email us, info at Podcast. Uh, and I think we also have contact at DDG Podcast. And if those don't work, just make up some other one and email us and see if that goes through. You can also try leaving a comment on our uh, any of your favorite podcast platforms like iTunes or HoundCloud, CloudHound, SoundCloud, SoundHound, SoundHound, BlueHound, BlueHound, RayHound. How now, Brown Cow? real? <laughs> Brown cow. Brown cow. Yes, Brown. like Dr. Iams was saying, uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you learned anything, <laughs> also if you did not learn anything, please go to your favorite podcast platform and give us a rating. A good rating. We like the five star ratings, they make us warm and tingly inside. And if you have something witty to say with it, we might feature you somewhere. Maybe a future podcast, maybe a social <laughs> media post. It might happen. Well, this has been another riveting episode of the Doc Doc Goose podcast. And confusing. <laughs> we were hoping to clear up some of the confusion. Eh. 85% of the time, it works every time. Eh. With that, uh, our next episode is going to be health articles again. Look forward to that one. I'm Sean Palmer. I'm Matt Imes. Am I mad on? <laughs> Somebody put a question mark on the teleprompter again. <laughs> and I'm Ben Imes, your physician for the show. Thank you for listening to the Doc Doc Goose podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave a review to help others discover us. Visit our website at www.ddgpodcast.com to read the show notes, blogs, view videos, and interact with the cast. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The DDG Podcast. If you have an Apple device, you can easily access the podcast by saying, Hey Siri, play the Doc Doc Goose Podcast.